Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. If 2024 is the year for you to get rich and make money a pleasurable and enjoyable, easy, soft, feminine experience for you, I'm about to give you the formula to make that happen. If you feel like money is just ruling your life and you're finding yourself overwhelmed by the inconsistency of how it shows up for you, listen up because I'm about to change everything for you. You're about to tap into sovereign money where you become the queen, the authority, the commander of how money shows up for you, where money responds to you and not the other way around. The new feminine way of manifesting millions is here. And no, it doesn't require late nights, starting a second business, waking up before seven in the morning, or working any harder than you already do. In fact, you'll probably find yourself working much less because money doesn't respond to hard work anyway. It responds to your vibration. My brand new money manifestation program, Sovereign Money, is designed to help you reclaim your birthright to infinite wealth, rewire your archaic money beliefs for good, expand your capacity to receive, and manifest money on your command. If this sounds like something you're ready to step into, Sovereign Money is relaunching soon and you can get on the wait list so that you don't miss a single update right now. Go to manifestationbabe.com slash SM. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash SM, S for sovereign, M for money to sign up for the waitlist right now. Hello, my beautiful souls, and welcome back to another episode of the Manifestation Bay podcast. So today's episode is for all of my astrology lovers or even my astrology curious. I'm interviewing my friend, Natalia Benson, and asking her your biggest, hottest, juiciest, gotta know this information right now questions. It was the ultimate Q&A, and you know I love a good Q&A session, so this was extra fun for me. We talk about in this episode things like difficult chart placements and the more logical explanation of astrology to those who maybe are skeptical or like, I don't know if astrology works or I need to know 
more of the science behind it. We talk about what it means to be a specific sun sign, rising sign, moon sign. And by we talk about, I mean, she's talking about it because <laughs> I'm just asking the questions. I have all the questions just like you. Um, there was an interesting question that I was able to ask her, which is, can astrology predict your death? Which I have never heard anyone ever answer that question. So that was just fascinating. Um, she answers, can astrology tell you how much money you're going to have? Why certain signs like Scorpios, for example, get so much flack? And I have a lot of Scorpio energy. So I'm just speaking from experience. Um, what is a chart placement that goes Natalia, that makes Natalia go, oh no, that sucks. Or what it means to be born during a retrograde and so much more. I wanted to make sure that this wasn't your average astrology episode. I wanted to go into things that I have never even heard of being discussed before on a podcast. And Natalia does not disappoint. If you don't know who Natalia is, she is a spiritual business strategist, money mentor, and astrologer living in Southern California. Natalia specializes in high-level conscious business coaching, digital course creation, and online monetization rooted in spiritual wellness offerings. She also has her own financial empowerment membership, heart-led business school, and hosts Natalia Benson, the podcast, which just hit over 1 million downloads, which is a big deal. Congratulations. Um, Natalia has been quoted and featured in Women's Health, InStyle, Well and Good, Yahoo Finance, and Hello Giggles. And I just want to add Cosmopolitan because we were both in a specific article that was kind of disappointing to both of us in <laughs> Cosmopolitan. So I just wanted to add that in there. And Modern Luxury Silicon Valley featured her as a rising star to watch who helps high-powered women channel their inner goddess. Natalia's mission is to see women empowered with the ability to create their own revenue streams running the businesses that contribute and don't deplete the whole of humanity. She seeks to create more depth, compassion, kindness, empowerment, and joy in the world at large via the practicing of self-accountability and the integration of spiritual tools. Now, without further ado, let's get deep into the world of stars and planets, baby. Oh my God. I have Natalia Benson in the house with me and we are about to go into the deepest, most amazing astrology Q&A together. Like the people have questions and we're going to give the people what they want. Okay. <laughs> I am smiling. You ever know when you smile so much that these muscles hurt like right yeah. by your nose? Like yeah. I'm already like that. And we've been talking for five minutes, Catherine, like how, are we okay, I'm ready. I cannot wait to answer <laughs> these questions. I'm here for it. Oh, amazing. Well, the first question I have is one that has stumped me in the past and I don't know the difference. Is there a difference between, I see these interchangeably and sometimes I don't. And like people will sometimes specify, be like, I'm an astrologer. And then someone else says, I'm an astrologist. Like what the fuck is the difference? <laughs> Babe, I have to tell you, I have no flipping clue. <laughs> like when, when P I, I call myself an astrologer, but uh -huh. even the other day I was, I was teaching a class and one of my girls said that she refers to herself as an astrologist. I have no idea. Okay. I think it's honestly preference, but we could do some backend like Google searching and be like, what the heck is the difference? Like I, but I personally have no idea, but I love to say astrologer. Okay. 
that's well, my we're vibe. gonna give we're gonna give that as homework for the people yes. listening because I don't feel like googling anything right now. But if you we're not googling, if we're this rapid is something, firing. this is clearly like Natalia and I. We don't get worked up on like terminology that just doesn't make a difference in our life. Like who fucking cares, right? <laughs> Um, so if you really care, I love that for you and you can Google it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh. What? Okay. So, so sometimes we hear about the big three and some, and like, sometimes people ask me the big five, we're just going to focus, let's just focus on the big three. Cause I feel like that's more common. What are the big three and why are these so important? And the ones mostly talked about when it comes to like people asking for your sign. I know when I was growing up. And initially, like, got into astrology, people will just ask for sun sign. All I knew was sun sign. I didn't even know there's anything above a sun sign. And now people are like, well, I'm, and I'm just going to use myself as, as an example. I'm a Libra sun, Libra rising, Gemini moon. And it's like everyone is in conversation about those big three. Like, what are those? Why are they important? Okay. So the big three, just to break it down, The sun is essentially considered your consciousness and the lens that you view reality through. So that's your sun sign. And I always say everybody is aware of their sun sign because think of it, everyone is aware of the sun. The sun is the life-giving force. It's just kind of a, it's a given, you know? The moon is essentially our emotional personality and it represents our unconscious self. Mm. So the moon is the unconscious self. The sun is the conscious self. I know this can Mm. come up in human design too, where there's like a conscious self and unconscious self. Yeah. So same in astrology, like the sun is the conscious self. The moon is the unconscious or the emotional self. I'm going real basic, but I'll dive a little deeper into each one. And then the ascendant is essentially, I'm going to give you two sides of the ascendant. So the ascendant is essentially the projected personality, Mm. but here's like a little astrological geek out moment because the the ascendant is known as an angle and it's a very, very important angle in the chart. And the idea is very simply that the moment you're born, you are at the center of your chart. It's like, you know how you have to have your exact birth time? Yeah. So basically what the ascendant is, is it means that that is the sign on the zodiac bell ascending over the eastern horizon. So that's just the technical part. But then the more esoteric part of it is that that angle is discovered through between the 12th house and the first house. The 12th house is your subconscious, your soul, your past lives are in there. Like your 12th house is is this more, let's say like this more esoteric, un- uh, unanimated or under the radar part of you. Let's just call it the soul. Yeah. And then the first house is your physical projected outward self, your ego. Mm -hmm. So you have this angle between that, which represents the soul and the subconscious and the ego and the projected self or the ego and the physical manifestation of you. So the ascendant is interesting. I am, I have to tell you, I'm obsessed with the ascendant and I think it's really powerful to pay attention to because the ascendant determines your house placements, which is very, very important in the chart. I'm sure maybe we'll talk about that today, but the ascendant is also like, so let's say Catherine, I, we all cruised around in, uh, in life and we all 
looked at everything from an astrological lens. I wish, I mean, I do, but I wish everybody (laughs) did. It'd be fun. But here's the thing. So if I met you and you shook my hand, I would assume you are a Libra because of your ascendant. But then if I sat down and we started to have a conversation, I would see, oh, I'm seeing her sun sign. She's telling me like ways Mm. that she navigates through life, how she looks at things, how she moves through her life experience, sun sign. And then if we got to be really, really close, I would see your Gemini moon. So see how it's like these layers almost of ascendant sun moon. So that that's a, so well explained. Isn't it fascinating? That's like, like you have could... the best explanations. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the, the, this is the astrology episode. You like, obviously you have already tuned into some, but like get people, get other people to tune into it too. Because whenever I hear Natalia explain um, I mean, anything you've been a, a guest expert inside of the manifestation babe collective. Yes. So we've already had like an element of this Q and a, and I looked at her and I'm like, you have to come on the podcast because the way that you explain it, it's so simplified that you just, you get it in, in a Perfect. such a simplified way. I love yeah, it. That's how it should be. Cause astrology is complicated, just like a lot of things in life, but you know, complexity is the enemy of execution, it's said. So yeah. we have to find a way to anchor these things so they actually make a difference in our life because astrology is life-changing. Okay, yeah. I promised you I was going to keep my answers concise so we can just rock because <laughs> I have all the Gemini. I've got a Sag moon. Like, you know, I can go in. You're a Sag moon. Yes, my, I have a Sag My son is too. It's funny because I went into labor I was in labor for 43 hours. So let's say like two freaking whole days of labor. Oh my God. And um, I knew it was guaranteed basically because it would be, even if he was born, like, let's say at this, at this time, even if he was two weeks late, which my midwife would not let me like, according to California guidelines, like you can't be two weeks, more than two weeks late. You would have to be induced even under the care of a midwife. And so I knew it was guaranteed he'd be a Leo sun. But then the fun part is like, okay, what is the moon sign? What is the ascendant? And I remember my mom and I- Were you like keeping an eye on the lunar transits? Of course I was. And when I went into labor, (laughs) this is the funny part. Sag, moon, because the moon signs are, they're how long are they? Like a day and a half or two days? Exactly. Yes. Day and a half? Day and a half to two days. It depends. But yeah, it's about that. So when I went into labor- uh, it was Scorpio moon. And I did not feel like he was a Scorpio moon. And I was very perplexed and confused. And so was my mom. It's just like nothing wrong with Scorpio moon. It's just like, we didn't feel that that was him and true yeah. to him. And I remember uh, I did not, like I knew first labors would be long and like, yeah, 24 hours, 28 hours. Did I fucking know it's 43 hours? No. So in my oh mind, I'm God. like, this is strange. This is interesting, but whatever. We're going to let it play out. And um, and then I was like, all right. So now I know he's going to be a Scorpio moon based off of like, this is what I'm thinking about in labor, you guys. Like this is how, and be, this is of course, before it gets to the point where you can't think of anything. <laughs> So obviously yeah, I was going to say, babe, I'm like the fact that you were even able to like check the charts. I'm like, tell us more. Like, yeah, yeah. No, this is, no, keep listening. So I was like, all right, the fun part will be ascendant. And then 43 hours later, I I knew this is the weird part. I knew at what time 
the Scorpio moon would go into a Sag moon. And I'm like, this is so strange. I still feel like he's a Sag moon. Maybe this is false labor, but it was progressing and progressing and progressing and progressing. So it's like, okay, never mind. Like he's going to be, this is still literally what I'm thinking about, like with crazy contractions in between. I'm like, I'm like thinking about his human design and astrology. And um, anyway, he's born. And the first thing I do, we do skin to skin. And I'm of course in this like blissed out state. And the first thing I do, as soon as it's Brennan's turn to hold him, I of course take that in and he's like crying and I film it and all this stuff. And then after a certain point, I'm like, all right, he's with the baby. Where's my phone? I haven't checked it in two and a half days or two days or whatever. Where's my phone? I start typing in and I typed in. It's so funny because I got the human design first and he was, he was, was he? Yeah. He came up as a generator at first. I didn't realize generator. I'm a generator. So is my husband, like everyone in our life, except for my mom is a generator. And I didn't realize that I put in the time wrong. I flipped AM and PM because someone else texted me because I texted someone like he's here, like here's someone else into human design astrology. And they're like, oh my God, he's a Manny Gen. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's a Gen. And they're like, no, he's a Manny Gen. And I rechecked and I was like, oh my God, he is a Manny Gen. This is how out of it I was that I typed in the time wrong. But then immediately I went to astrology and I looked at the time and I was like, well, he definitely is like at the tail end. Like he really held on to the Scorpio moon part. And then I checked the thing and it said Sag Moon. And I'm like, wait a second. I remembered the time. It was supposed to be Saturday, like Mm -hmm. 3 p.m. or something like that, or 2 p.m., whatever, like was the switch. And he was born or it was at 3 p.m. or whatever. And that was supposed to be the switch. And he was born at 2.45 p.m. And I was like, oh, my God. But then I'm like, wait, I'm confused. And my mom said, Catherine, it was 3 p.m. East Coast, which is 12 p.m. Pacific. So he waited until the moon switched to Sag Moon. And then his rising is also Sagittarius. So I was like, that feels triple fire. Triple fire. I was like, that's that's him through and through. I'm a triple air. He's a triple fire. I get along with fire signs very well. Like this is this is this feels like him. So, yeah. Wait, one thing I want to add really quickly. Have you heard of the book called Cosmic Cradle? No. It's interesting. Like I love like past life regression books. Like it's my favorite, but I started recently to start to explore like pre-life. So there's like a book called The Soul's Plan. One of my students gave to me. And then there's this other one called Cosmic Cradle. So it's more about pre-life, like the soul's choosing, which I always find really fascinating. And in Cosmic Cradle, the one thing that I took from it that just I found really beautiful and mind-blowing is essentially the soul's intention around the astrological expression, like what they'll best be able to do. So there is this idea that comes through in that book that souls do choose like very specifically the time. And that's a really big thing in astrology is like the blueprint. We call it the soul's blueprint because it's the idea that when you look at the natal chart, you are looking at the soul's intentionality, not by way of like destiny and things that are set in stone, but potential and challenges. And essentially, like it's almost like priming a garden. Like the garden has to be set for certain, you know, whatever. I'm not a gardener. I wish I was. I wish I had a yard. <laughs> I've lived in Southern California too long, but just that's, it's the same idea with the soul. It's beautiful. So I can't help but think of that in speaking about. 
thinking coming through like coming from that there are a couple questions that relate to that so I'll skip around for just a second because I do want to go back to something um, major before we dive further in which is what what if like someone asks what if I'm born premature or like premature babies are they still they chose to be premature right they still chose that date and time it's so funny I am premature I was six and a half weeks early Oh, wow. So my due date was June 2nd. So I was supposed to be a Gemini, um, but I was born April 17th, 109 in the morning. Uh-huh. But my chart is an Aries stellium in the third house, which is ruled by Gemini. So when an astrologer read my chart for the first time, he goes, wow, you're like an Aries version of a Gemini. And oh. I was like, that's really interesting. Cause I was actually supposed to be a Gemini. And he's like, so The idea there, again, just perhaps piggybacking off of what I read in that book, Cosmic Cradle, that's definitely like an idea that there's no essential accident of like, oh, you're just born premature. It's really like, I think this goes pretty esoterically, but really just the power and the intentionality of, of the soul. And Mm -hmm. that is something that, especially from like intuitive or esoteric astrology that we're really fascinated in, because it's like, what is the soul's intention? It's not very random. It's very intentional. So I'll just say from someone who was born premature, uh, my chart makes a whole lot of sense. And, (laughs) um, I still have a lot of that Gemini quality. So I wonder if for someone who is born premature, maybe you know your original birth date, mm. see the similarities, see the differences. And you know the way that I teach astrology, as you know, Catherine, is very intuitive. So I also like to empower anyone who's looking into their chart to not just listen to what everyone else says, but get to know the system themselves and use their intuition to see what really lights up in the body and what feels true. Cause you will be shown when you get I into love it. That. What about <laughs> someone had a great question, which is what about plan C-sections? Like there's a scheduled date and time, right? And I have heard before just listening from uh, friends and acquaintances and just being in the birth space, yeah. some people worrying like, am I forcing something by scheduling my C-section? Um, am I like interfering with my baby's, you know, natural like decision to be born at a certain time? Or is it that the baby is implanting mm-hmm. kind of this seed into the 3D world that somehow the doctors or whoever chooses the time of the C-section. I'm sure it's like the hospital and the doctors, right? They're looking at the schedule. Like, is it all kind of co-creating in that way to where that baby, even though it's a plan C-section, they actually chose that plan C-section date and time. Can you see how huge I'm smiling? Because I love talking to you. I love listening to you because all I hear is your Mercury in Scorpio because that's where your Mercury is, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, yeah. It's just so, it's it's my favorite because it's so deep and meta and like multi-perspective. It's yeah. the best. But here's the thing. I would actually say, and again, this would really just be my intuition, not something I've specifically studied around mm-hmm. like plan C-sections, but I would say a bit of what you're talking about. Like, again, if the soul is intentional, um, and there is, and oftentimes, again, I'm not a mom yet, so I'm not super versed on all of this stuff, but C-sections I know sometimes can be for the health of the baby. Is yeah. that, is that yeah. true? Yeah. So I think that, 
Like I had an experience a couple years ago where I had a mentor pass and I had had a really, really, just to contextualize this a little bit, how I think we're guided from the other side a lot of times, but I had a mentor pass who knew a very, very tumultuous um, old relationship that I was in. I had not heard or spoke to this person in like six, seven years. And then right after my mentor passed and I was, I'd still speak to him, even though he was gone. And then not long after one day when I was feeling him the most strongly, that ex showed up where I was eating lunch and apologized to me. And I couldn't help, but feel like David had orchestrated because he knew the last conversation I ever had with him was about how upset I was about that experience. So I bring up that, that story because I do feel like we are so in co-creation with the unseen and especially the agreements that we form with children. And that's why astrology I think is so powerful, special, beautiful, fascinating, because it's a way for us to like translate the unseen. So I don't think, I think I would just invite any mom who maybe has worried about this, not to worry that there is an intentionality. And again, maybe to go a little deeper, you read that cosmic cradle book. Cause I think it'll give some deeper context around this topic and just help someone feel like they're not playing the hand of, you know, God yeah. or playing, or like making something that isn't in a co-creative, um, a co-creative dance, so to speak yeah. with their child. Yeah. Like an alignment of some sort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what you said, <laughs> what you said at the beginning, <laughs> um, I feel like this is like, um, I don't feel like this is a large percentage of people listening to the mm-hmm. Manifestation Made podcast. I feel like if you're already here, you're already into this shit. But there might be some people who need a little bit of, you know, the scientific stuff, the scientific backing, like kind of an explanation of how would a planet have any effect on my personality, on my life purpose, on my past life or whatever. Let's just keep it to personality. Like let's, let's get super scientific here. Like how would any planet determine like how I show up in the world or have any effect whatsoever on who I am? How is, you know, how would you explain how astrology works to these types of people? I'm sure you've run into them. I'm sure you've come across them. I'm sure you have an answer to this, but just for someone who feels like, I don't know if I can further get into this episode until I hear something that would explain it on a more logical level for me. Oh, I love this question. Okay. My Capricorn rising is ready. So (laughs) many, many moons ago when I was in my early, early twenties, I worked at a juice bar on Cahuenga right across from Amoeba Records. And I basically became a little social scientist because those were my early days of studying astrology. And every person that would come in, I would ask their sign, like just within three seconds and nothing's (laughs) changed. I still do that. And I remember there was this guy shopping for supplements because it was like supplements, juices, all the things. And I'm chatting with him, helping him out. And I'm like, so um, when's your birthday? And he looks at me, he goes, oh, are you going to ask my astrology? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I don't believe in astrology. And I go, are you a Virgo? And he goes, yeah. And he was, he actually was a Virgo. So that was really funny. But here's the thing. So just for anybody who is like, this gets a little too out there. How do I trust this? Yeah. Um, what sense does this make? So I essentially 
The first thing that I want to speak into is that the tropical system is based on the seasons. So I, um, I study Western astrology. That's what I've studied since I was 23. And the system that I study is the Western system or the trop, I'm sorry, the tropical system. Now here's, what's really fascinating about the tropical system is it is actually based on the seasons. So, and essentially the Gregorian calendar, which where sidereal, which is actually what Vedic astrology Mm -hmm. is more so based on is constellation based. And that's why sidereal and tropical can have moments with each other on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter, so I don't know, but I hear, Um, but essentially like which one's right. We're saying this, the constellations are here, but it's really just think of it this way. It's really just a unique, uh, basis of perspective. Cause if you're using the basis as the stars, you're going to get a unique read versus a basis on inside of like the seasons and earth, more earth-based. Yeah. So the thing that I always like to say, there's two parts of this. One's a little more grounded and practical. The other one's a little bit more meta, but very simply think of it this way. The way that the system of astrology has been created over a long, long time, the system specifically is really taking a look at what is going on with the planets. What are the degrees? It's very exacting and think of it this way. So you are a cardinal air sign. Mm-hmm. Cardinal means that you are at the beginning of a season. I'm a cardinal fire. You and I are opposite signs. I'm an Aries. So mm-hmm. we have this cardinal quality. Cardinal means beginning of a season. So that's how we roll. We're literally like, boom, like we burst on the scene. We're going into something. We spark we start things like that's that cardinal frequency and cardinal is the start of a season. Now a fixed sign, like a fixed, let's say fixed earth, like Taurus middle of the season, Gemini mutable changing of the season between spring to summer. So that's a unique thing where within the system, we actually look at the season to create characteristics. And that's why it can be easy. Once you understand the system of astrology, people think it's like so out there, but it's just a system based on characteristics. And once you understand the characteristics, it's really fascinating to then you can apply them and it seems magical, but it's actually just very rooted in a complete system. Now, the second piece, the moon, the moon pulls the tides of the ocean. I think our bodies are like 73% water. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Like, so for, for many women, our menstruation, we are pulled by, we're on a lunar cycle. Now, why would just one planet have an interaction and a jurisdiction with one gender or one part of the population that's impossible. There is an interaction between planetary bodies and our bodies. So why would not the rest, this is just my idea again, from studying this this for so long. It's like, why would Mercury not have some interaction why would Mars not have some interaction? Yeah. Why would Pluto not have some interaction? So that's always how, you know, look, I'm not the most, 
I'm not the most logical. <laughs> People who like hyper logical responses usually don't fucking, they don't fuck with me. They're literally like, okay, honey. But that thing has always, that little piece has always been an interesting talking point of just like, why if we can accept that the moon pulls the tides of the ocean like and moves engages- the whole ocean. And, and then there's little you. body. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we have these interactions. And even Mick, like my husband, talk about he is like a freaking 25 planets in Capricorn. Just kidding. But he's like uber duper Capricorn, Saturn ruled, proof in the pudding kind of guy, very scientific, Mercury and Aquarius. So I knew that when we got together, I was like, oh, this is gonna be interesting. But he has really over the time that we've been together, he's like Natalia. I cannot help, but all the things that you bring forward and like, I'll give you one example, his family's business (laughs) one time during a Mercury retrograde, their entire like credit card system and air conditioning system or some big metal thing in their business went completely haywire. And I'm like, Oh baby, did you know that Mercury retrograde started yesterday? He's like, it's uncanny. It's uncanny. And Mercury is a gigantic metal planet. It is filled with metal and it doesn't necessarily go backwards, but it does when it retrogrades, it stops its motion because it's gotten too far in front of the sun. That's like the astronomical piece of it. But anyhow, what the heck, right? Like all of these planets and all of these the ways that I just, you know, sometimes I'll end with this little, I'll end this with this, but essentially I think about it. The thing that I love about astrology is that I don't completely understand how it works, mm-hmm. but there is a feeling, there is a knowing yeah. that is so beyond my logic yep. that it just makes sense. And that is the piece that science can't always cover, that logic can't always cover, but it's that piece of faith where you don't need someone to tell you and give you every fact. It is something you feel. And I always say astrology is for those you feel it. And some people don't feel it. Maybe there's a different system that speaks to them for, for a sure. lot of people. Like human, human design, design yeah. yeah, is a lot. Yeah. It's a little bit less esoteric, even though human design is deeply esoteric. Oh, yes. And astrology is using, a part of human design. Exactly. And it uses other esoteric systems to create something that fe- that seems like it's not esoteric, but it actually yes. is. Um, in human design, and I'm probably going to butcher this. No, you're about to say what I'm about to say. Say it. What? I know exactly yeah. what you're going to say. The new, not the neutrinos. Yeah, yes. new tropics. That's Wait, like a that's brain crazy. thing. <laughs> neutrinos. See, so so human design explains like when I'm like a baby baby student in human design, but I love it. And yeah, same. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's just I love it, and it's honestly made me a better astrologer. Like reading and getting deeper into human design, but neutrinos. When I learned about those from like my girl, Aaron Claire. I was like, what? Oh my God. I love Aaron. She needs to come on the podcast too. Yes. Oh my God. She is the best. And she has had her baby, baby Willow, who's a Manny Gen too. Um, And a Sag. So it's just, it's when I heard the concept of neutrinos, I was like, oh, that's the unexplainable piece 
of understanding the interaction between planetary movement, planetary placement, and the and the human being. And yeah. oh my God, it's just I geek on it so hard. It's yeah. so fascinating. But yeah, exactly what you're gonna say. Neutrinos to me is essentially what we're talking about in that kind of mystical force that is truly beyond logic. It's yeah. something that you just have to be like, I'm open to this or I'm not, but either way it's, it's working in your life, yeah. which is fascinating. They, they say that like Ra Uruhu, which is the, the guy who channeled the human design system learned about neutrinos from the voice. And he, I think he like learned it, I channeled it 10 years before science scientists discovered that there actually is such thing as a neutrino. It gives me chills. And basically like neutrinos are like, for example, there's cosmic rays that shoot out these subatomic particles that carry um, masses of information. Yes. And before it was like confusing because it's like, how can subatomical particles carry masses? But they do. They've proven it scientifically. You guys can look this up. And basically, in within those masses are information. And so there's information being spread. Like I think that the t- at the time that human design was channeled, there was a massive like amount of neutrinos that flooded our planet. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. whoever picked up this information picked up some good information and basically like when you're born when you come out of the womb when you go from soul to human body whatever neutrinos are currently being passed at that time in that location on that date from whatever planet like each planet you know it's cosmic rays I mean I don't know technically exactly how this happens but like there's cosmic rays that come from the sun there's cosmic rays that come from the moon there's like every single one of these planets that Natalia is talking about though and especially the archetypes that you go into are those neutrinos like you're getting the the neutrinos from those different archetypes and that's literally what your soul said I want these like your soul knew the neutrinos were going to come through but like let's not let's Let's keep it logical for now. Your human body <laughs> is is accepting or allowing those neutrinos or not even allowing it happens whether you allow it or not. The neutrinos are passing through and then therefore those bits of information get into your unconscious and then that's how what you express throughout your lifetime. So that's like the explanation that's made so much sense for me. Um, not that I ever doubted it. Like I'm one of those people where I'm like, I've been esoteric since I was born. It's just like I was forced to be more logical growing up and forced to be more scientific. But I've always known that science is just trying to prove what's already been in the spiritual. Like science is only catching up. It's not that there's like any separation between the two. It's just like science has not caught up to explain a lot of this esoteric-ish seeming stuff that exists. It's just that as time goes on, we get more information. And then people are like, oh, look maybe manifestation is actually real after all. (laughs) And I'm over here like talking about it long before it was ever cool. Someone the other day commented on Instagram saying the only reason why my business is successful is because I'm riding on the coattails of manifestation as a buzzword. And I'm literally like, um, ma'am, when I started talking about manifestation, people literally like handed back, like I would give them books because I wasn't a teacher yet. I just was a huge student of it back when I was like 16, 17, 18 years old. And people literally hand me the books back and be like, this is a load of crap. And then when I would post about it on Instagram, people would be like, what the hell are you talking about, (laughs) ma'am? And so Dude, anyway, that is so, but it's so beautiful. And I just keep hearing and seeing your Mercury in, in Scorpio because your willingness to just 
express that which, cause that's that scorpionic frequency. I'll speak into this real quickly, but it's like truth, truth bearing. And that's why, like, if you ever see an astrology meme, like having a moment about Scorpio, it's just yeah. because Scorpio is so committed to truth and to really going deep. And so when you have a Mercury in Scorpio, like you're just like, I have to share this. Like I, this is just, it's essentially like a very powerful channeling placement as well. Interesting. You channel things before they're necessarily popular. It's having that kind of just that willingness to see and and allow what you feel to be expressed. And Scorpios are typically very comfortable doing that. It depends of course, but yeah. it's a, it's a, it could be an archetype of the Scorpio, that Scorpionic placement. You are intuitively picking up on my questions because someone was <laughs> like, why do Scorpios get so much flack? Why are they just misunderstood? And I have to say like my growing up, my stepsister was a Scorpio and I just associated all Scorpios with my stepsister. <laughs> and I was like, i personally didn't like Scorpios or I thought I didn't like them. And then now I have a bunch in my life and I'm like, no, they're pretty cool. And then I learned that I have a ton of Scorpio energy. My second house is in Scorpio, Mm -hmm. my Pluto, my Venus, a Mercury, all in Scorpio, lots of Scorpio energy. And then I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe they're not so bad because then like I'd be bad. So (laughs) like, what's the deal with Scorpios? Is it what you just said? Like they're very truth speaking. And some people think that they're a little bit too blunt and too forceful or like what? Here, here is my sort of super, super way too deep that nobody even asked for explanation of why I think, why I think there's a moment that people will have with Scorpios because basically, so Scorpio is ruled before Pluto was discovered as a planet. And now according to mainstream science, Pluto isn't a planet, but to astrology, we still utilize it as a planet. I like Pluto. Me too. I love (laughs) Pluto and Pluto's important and Pluto is about to move into Aquarius. So there's lots going on, but here's the thing, like Pluto is a, its frequency has to do with deep transformation death, the subconscious, not always so much physical death, but the death of the ego Mm. and things that humans don't really love to face where it's like deep transformation, deep change, deep feeling, um, death, the death of the ego. Now, Scorpio's original ruler before Pluto was discovered, um, was Mars. And when Pluto was discovered, which I believe was sometime in the 20th century, like mid 20th century or late 19th century, I don't remember. But when Pluto was discovered, astrologers were like, oh, this is the ruler of Scorpio. This makes way more sense. But Scorpios still have that Mars-Pluto dichotomy going on. One of my best friends is a Scorpio. And even though she's a Scorpio, doesn't have a ton of fire in her chart. She's got some Sag going on. She is, we just understand each other because I, as an Aries, my ruler is Mars. Mars is that intense go-getter warrior, go first, take action. It's a very full on energy. So think of the Scorpionic personality, Mars and Pluto Okay, that's a lot going on. But Scorpio, the archetype of Scorpio, they say is the alchemist or the seer. And Scorpios are just very 
They're very deep. They're very sensitive. They are fixed water. So just like the stubbornness of Taurus, which is typically associated with stubbornness, well, Scorpios can get emotionally fixated because their element is water. Their modality is fixed. So they can get really just like, that's why the quality of obsessiveness can be associated with Scorpio. But by the way, we all have every single sign animated in our personality, but some more than others, which is your placements. So before you, you know, talk shit on any sign, (laughs) I have to call myself bored about this sometimes too, but it's like, it's all animated within us, but some are more specifically. So with, with Scorpio, I just think Scorpios have this, this depth that not many people want to venture to. Mm Mm-hmm. And not to say all Scorpios, because we can never stereotype in astrology. Like if you want to stereotype in astrology, you're getting the most shallow version of what's possible. There are so there are billions of uh, combinations in a chart. So not everyone's going to express similarly, but with Scorpio, that Mars energy, that warrior-like energy, that action energy, and the intensity of Pluto transformation and depth. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't always fly with everybody, but at the same time, when a Scorpio is coming from the heart, they are just magnificent because as I said, they have that seer quality. So they're very attuned. And again, when they're coming from the heart and not the ego, they have the propensity to help you take deep accountability in your life because for, again, the Scorpio coming from heart, they take the deepest accountability and they know the reward on the other side. Pluto, just like Saturn, is a very intense planet. But when we show up for the challenges, mm-hmm. the reward on the other side of the challenge is beyond what a Jupiter or a Venus energy could deliver. Oh, I want to speak on that for a second because, <laughs> again, you were literally picking up on all my questions. I have a Pluto in Scorpio in my second house, which to anyone unfamiliar with the second house, the main thing that I know about the second house is that it's the house of money, right? Yes. And I think that people might think like, oh God, this means that I'm not going to have success in that area or it's going to be like this really bad thing or it's going to be a lot of bad luck or whatever they think of Pluto or these more um, like negative aspects. Yeah, there we go. Malefic um, placements. (laughs) But I feel like my second house is doing pretty okay. So can you, can you speak to this a little bit? I'll never forget when I I saw your chart and I was so excited because, you know, I've been into you for a long time. So when (laughs) I get to see the chart of people that like, I know their work. Like I follow them. I like, cause again, I'm a, I'm a total geek and I'm, I call myself a social scientist. And I say that in a silly way, because I like to see what the expression of someone is and then what their chart is like. And what I found so freaking wild about you, Catherine, is that you have Chiron in the 10th house, which Chiron is your most public point. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Erase that. (laughs) The 10th house (laughs) is your most public point. And Chiron is deep, emotional and spiritual healing. And then your second house, which is also associated with success, um, stability, finances, you've got some heavy hitters in there. Like you've got Pluto in there. And the idea is that 
when you, so let's just talk specifically about Pluto in your second. When I saw that, I was like, oh my God, she's, she has found a way to dance with this energy so that it could deliver what the gifts and what a lot of people would probably feel and what here I'll rewind that. But what I think what happens for many of us, myself included at times is we see the challenge as something there to level us when the challenge is not there to level us. It's there to help us rise. And your Pluto in the second house of money, I know your journey with money because you've talked about it and the way that you were able to transform and catalyze that is the Pluto placement and everybody has a Pluto placement. So you are meant to catalyze some shadow, some darkness, some deep pain to therefore create some powerful, unspeakable reward on the other side. And the thing with Pluto is it's kind of secretive, just like Scorpio energy, like it's got secrets, it's got things that it holds. So it's not going to dangle it like a Jupiter placement where it's like, Hey, do this. Here's this on the other side. There are like, there is unspeakable magic when we're willing to show up for the pain, the challenge and the depth of our Pluto placement. So you really did that with the money stuff. You really figured out what sign is it in again? Um, Scorpio. Oh, second Scorpio, house Scorpio in the second Pluto. house. Yes. Holy shit. Right. Cause yeah. you know, Pluto naturally <laughs> rules Scorpio. Exactly. So, yeah. okay. So again, it's like double the Scorpio energy. So going deep, not taking money at face value, but going into the depth of how it works and like the energetic sense, the emotional sense all of the things that, that you've done my life. Yeah. <laughs> and like my Jupiter is in my 12th house, which I, which I know is a subconscious and I'm yes. obsessed with subconscious. And anytime I, you know, just, I've, I've created a lot of success in my life, just teaching on the subconscious yes, and how to exactly. manifest using your subconscious. So that always seemed more obvious to me. And then just like connecting it to like, the huge rewards that are kind of going to come out of you really facing the subconscious parts of money where your Pluto is. It's like, wham, bam, thank you, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am. And here's the thing with your Jupiter, not, not to skip around, but I'm sure, I'm sure everyone's going to want to know this, but what's really fascinating, Catherine, about your Jupiter, I'm assuming it's in Libra. Um, It is. Yeah. So because your ascendant's in Libra. So Libra, yeah. So Jupiter in Libra in the 12th house. So what's fascinating about this is Libra is the archetype of the harmonizer, balancing, beautifying. And then the 12th house is the realm of the soul, the subconscious and deep spiritual healing. Have Mm -hmm. you not beautified and harmonized that process and, and why you have tapped into that gift and into those Jupiterian gifts Mm. and blessings and expansion is because you unlocked that combination. Most people look at their placements. And I know this just from teaching this for so many years. And they're like, Natalia, that doesn't go together. That doesn't make sense. And I'm like, you're thinking, I say this with love, but I'm like, you're thinking way too logically. I'm like, you've got to look like if it's here, it's here for a reason. And if you're willing to get creative and trust the feeling and the subtleties of your heart, you're going to unlock it. But if I looked at my Venus in Pisces in the second house and was like, Pisces and money don't go together, which is an old, like, let's say that's like an old 
thing in astrology because that yeah. has been said with Neptune. Not true. I teach the, let's say like the spiritual depth around financial stability. So it all goes yeah. together. You just have to get creative and yeah. be like, how can I unlock this? And so for you, babe, I just, I geek on your chart because you're <laughs> living it so powerfully. And it's, you know, I love it because you're your students here, your listeners, your community, they know you. So then to hear the astrological placements, it's just freaking fascinating. It oh. shows what's possible for all of us yeah. when we get into it. I totally agree. Um, speaking of money, can our charts show us where the money is? I know we you kind of spoke on that. Like, yeah, anything can lead to money. But yeah. like, there's a lot of um, talk about, you know, I it just like let's go into like TikTok astrology, which I is like what my mom say, does all day we, long. Why are we like we're, we're just feeding <laughs> off one another psychically? Because really I'm like, are. my girl's about to talk about TikTok. I can feel it. Okay, it's let's crazy, do it. Right? Well, like like <laughs> you know, random TikTok astrologers or astrologists. Okay, whatever, whatever you guys googled. Okay, <laughs> use that one. Whatever is more accurate. Um, like they'll they'll just talk about like if you have this in this sign or this in this house, like this means yeah. money. I this, don't like that. I don't like that. Okay. So I don't like that. So so talk about that. There's possibility in every placement. And that's what I teach because I don't think we should use such a powerful system against ourselves. Mm. Like your, your astrology isn't there. Like, of course there is an element of, of destiny to understanding your natal chart, but remember you are a creative being. So you are creating through your life. The planets do not compel you to do anything, but if you are living from your subconscious, so Carl Jung was an astrologer and he has an incredible quote. I'm, I might, I might have to Google it, but it's such, something <laughs> like, if you do not understand the workings of your subconscious, you will experience things and call them. Oh, I love this quote. It's really powerful. Like Wait, you'll I wrote this down somewhere. This call them like faded, but the idea is like when we can yes, understand. Here, here. Oh, read and, it. Yes. Oh, I literally wrote this down like the other day in Fiji. I don't know Let's where do it, it. I think it came from read a book it. I was reading. It's so special. It's so good. When an inner <laughs> when an inner situation is not made conscious, it appears outside as fate. That one? That's it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So good. And, and this, I always like to be just mindful and respectful because of course there are certain oppressive systems where we don't want you to think, oh, I move through something that feels extremely collectively biased and unfair. This is more so speaking about the things that we can handle in our own unique expression of moving through the challenges in our lives, the things where it's like, okay, this is occurring right now in this moment. What can I do with this? How can I shift my relationship to this thing? And what happens so often is we all move unconsciously through our lives and we don't understand the power of the unconscious, the unconscious. And so as you talked about, babe, with the neutrinos and the planets and all of the things, well, your chart is essentially moving and animating unconsciously. And when you become conscious of it, you can move it consciously. And mm. that to me is where we take the power back instead of just being at the whim of what's 
told to us at the collective or what we've been told growing up or what we're told by people around us, but instead understanding ourselves at that deep, prolific level. So that to me is why astrology is empowering because we can return. Don't use it against yourself. So anyways, yeah. I go on rants every time people say no, things I love it. like that, because I'm like, I'm like, I don't want you to look at, it's like a closed door because it's not, there's possibility yeah. and opportunity in every placement. I have an interesting question just to piggyback off of that. I know that you have a positive spin for everything. I know that. Like, I just know you. But like, what is a placement that you see yes. in someone's chart that makes you go, oh no. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, here's the thing. Let's see. Like some of them can be challenging, but it's not actually a placement. It's actually, they're called aspects. Okay. So squares and most oppositions are very challenging. Squares are challenging. Okay. I have a lot of them in my chart. Like I've okay. overcome a lot to figure out my makeup. I wouldn't say it's any specific placement other than if I see like Pluto and Mars tightly conjunct in a water mm -hmm. sign. But then again, mm -hmm. I have seven planets in fire. So water signs overwhelm me because I'm yeah. just like a fire. I'm like a fire creature. So I wouldn't say specifically there's any one placement where I'm like, oh no, but I will guide. I don't do sessions anymore, but I will guide a client or a student to be like, hey, here is something that is likely very challenging for you or has created challenge or pain in your past. Here is the key to unlock it. And that's what yeah. we can really look at with the aspects. Okay. Most specifically, but there's no one placement that is like negative. Cause again, they can all be made out of something, but I'll right. tell you something really interesting. I wish if astrology was more mainstream, I just wish I could walk up to someone and be like, Hey, you're having this experience in your life. Can I look at your chart? Cause I want to see what are the, what's going on in there. And like, how can we unlock some of the squares, oppositions, potent conjunctions to create opportunity? Cause that's what the chart does. That's so interesting. So like, let's say I do, I do see some squares and oppositions like in the, I I'm on an app called what is this? My mom. This is my mom from TikTok. Okay. She's, she like gives me the apps and stuff. And like some stuff is really good. Um, what is this app? I think it's time passages. Oh, I was going to say that's my app. That's oh, my favorite app. I would say it's there we go. Not my app. I wish, but <laughs> no, there's a labor of love to make an app like that, but no, oh that God. is the app that I use. And okay. I suggest to everyone to use. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm so on good. time passages pro and I really love the explanations of things. There's a lot to go into here. And of course, like even even having all these explanations, I still want to hear what Natalia has to say because her <laughs> explanations I think are better. But like, let's say I see some squares and some um, uh, squares and oppositions and yes, uh, which are strong aspects. So like, let's say like this thing says, hey, like shit luck in this, you know, part of your life because of this square. <laughs> How would I approach this? <laughs> How would I approach this? <laughs> so here's the thing. Actually, I love this question, babe. I love it. You're like, you put a positive spin on it. That's my Sag moon. I'm like, there's opportunity yeah. in everything. Like, I, mean, I do the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. You have to. It's like, you have to. We have to hold to the energy of possibility. Otherwise, mm -hmm. we just lean into depressed. our negative. 
we lean into our negativity bias, which we all have, and we yep. don't have the energy to, we go, we move into inertia. So, okay. So here's something that actually can be challenging for every single one of us, Chiron. So mm-hmm. Chiron is what's known as the wounded healer. I have a square, Chiron square Pluto. Girl, that's potent. <laughs> so that's that a would probably, luck right there. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you have Chiron, do you have Chiron and Aries? Um, it's actually in Leo, which is Leo, 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 yes. which is my mom I, and Orion, which is very interesting. Okay. So that's powerful. So Chiron in Leo square your Pluto in Scorpio. So that is a very, very powerful aspect, but Catherine, think about your life experience. Um, what house is Leo found in for you? So um, where, what house is the, um, Chiron yeah. in? Hold on. Hold on. Chiron is in the 11th house. Okay. So 11th house, Chiron squaring Pluto in your second Second house house. of money. Dang, babe. Okay. So Chiron is found in the 11th house, which is groups of people, life vision. Wait, your Chiron isn't in your 11th. It's in your 10th. No, it's in 11th. No way. Are you sure? I'm almost positive. (laughs) I was just talking about your Chiron in the 10th. Maybe your Chiron is well, in the 11th. Well, Can I see, see your chart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> we yeah. got to get to the bottom of this. Okay. Okay. You, you, see have Mars in, you have Mars in the 10th. Yes. And then Chiron in the 11th. Okay. So thank you. So <laughs> ele- the 11th house is the house of hopes and dreams, large groups of people that you may never meet. Um, the top mm-hmm. of the chart is usually ascribed to the way people see you, the way the public sees you, like your outward expression. Yeah. yeah. And then the lower part of the chart is your more unconscious private self. So you'll find oftentimes people with very active 10th and 11th houses are usually in the public eye in some capacity. And with the 11th house Chiron, you are healing through, oh man, this is, this is powerful. Let me see if I can synthesize this. <laughs> you are essentially doing deep spiritual work through g- large groups of people. I mean, that makes sense. And the fact that it squares your Pluto. So Pluto is a power placement, but Catherine, I also know you've gone through a lot to oh, yeah. continue to like step forward, be seen deep, deep work yes. on yourself. Yep. And that is that potent inter- interchange exchange rather between Chiron and Pluto, because Pluto is like, if you want to create power in your life and the lives of others and financial stability, creative strategy, fi- physical manifestation, you must heal. And you likely first started to heal through this is going to sound interesting, but, but Leo rules the heart. So it's like heart energy. And then the 11th house is, I wonder if you even got involved in groups that could help you understand yourself more deeply. I have a feeling you did a bit of this alone, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, there's still a quality of healing with groups. So you can heal groups of people. Does that make sense? It does. It totally does. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> That's a powerful one. I was going to say, if somebody has Chiron square Pluto, that would be powerful to experience. <laughs> so like then by me doing the healing work, I am approaching my square and turning into an opportunity rather than something that can deeply hinder me. Exactly. Like 
Whereas at first, I'm sure things felt a little bit things with a with an aspect like that. I'm sure at the onset of freaking scaling that mountain, it almost feels impossible. Yeah. But for when sure. you're willing to just like put one foot in front of the other and you have like the thing with the Chiron placement, you have to trust whatever your version of a universal force is. You have to trust like something beyond your mind. Cause Chiron is Chiron's intense. It's a powerful, um, it's an asteroid. It's a dwarf planet, but it's a powerful placement in, in our charts. Like when people mm. have Chiron returns, yeah. um, you, you move through some deep metamorphosis. So when otherwise when is a midlife crisis. <laughs> so when people have midlife crisis, they're actually having That's a Chiron, Chiron return. Yeah. They're having a Chiron return. So is that when you're like 50 years old? What would you say? Yeah. Let me see how long it takes Chiron to transit. This is what I'm Googling all day long. <laughs> how long does it take Chiron? Oh my God. I love when Google is like, I have no idea what you're typing. Sometimes right. I can like figure it out. Right. How long does it take Chiron to... Because um, people are familiar with Saturn. Saturn return being 29 years. Everyone yeah. knows Saturn. Yeah. We Everyone have returns about Saturn. of everything except for like the outer planets because they're, we don't, you know, supposedly we don't live till we're 250. Hold on. It's supposedly. not giving me. Supposedly. <laughs> I mean, if you get on YouTube, you can find all kinds of things. Hold on. I'm not, you know, when Google gives you those, yes, a Chiron return occurs around when you turn 50. And so you know how they usually say in that time frame, And then this, the second Saturn return is like 54. Oh, so that shit. Chiron check-in is the same as a Saturn return. The second Saturn return isn't typically as intense. Look, the only way that your returns will be intense is if you've been ignoring yourself. Because we all, whether we're aware of it or not, we do have a, a spiritual component to us and not to say everybody has to think this way or believe this, but there's the soul has a purpose for the way it moves through an incarnation. And if we want to go there, it's really looking at the planetary movement and how it compels us to grow and deepen throughout our lifetime. Mm -hmm. Nobody is immune from challenge. No. Nobody. Right. So the the planets have these almost like cosmic check-ins, but again, they're exp you're experiencing them through you. It's not the planets doing anything to you. It's not like they're knocking at your door and being hello. Yeah, <laughs> like when people have moments with like how terrible certain planets are, I'm just like I invite them to like take ownership because it's not about anything that's doing it to them. It's like how can how do I put this? It's just like, how can I metabolize this through my experience? And sometimes you're not ready to do that. Like it takes time. Like nobody, yeah. I, I never ask anyone that I work with to rush that process of understanding, but yeah, Chiron returns are powerful. Okay. Amazing. And yeah. The midlife crisis. That makes so Chiron much sense. Return, that makes so much sense. Isn't that funny that like there's explanations for everything. There's absolutely <laughs> explanations for everything. <laughs> okay. What are, what are your personal favorite signs, houses, <laughs> placements? Like what, what, what do you, what do you see in a chart that makes you go, Ooh, 
This oh is fun God, and exciting. I, you. I would never choose a specific sign. Obviously, I really like being an Aries, but it has its moments. Um, <laughs> I married one, so I, I know. I know. I know. We love, I love Brennan so much. When I see him, like when you guys are interacting, I just see the astrology. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. it's, just, it's so good. But here's the thing. So I would say what I love to see in a chart is very simply a here's what I look for. I like to look at elements. So I like to see what elements are animated and predominant because when I help someone see what elements are, I'll say this again, but predominantly animated in their personality, it gives you so much permission to be yourself, Mm -hmm. to run your energy the way you run your energy. Some people like I'm a fire sign with seven or eight planets in fire, all air and a very little bit of earth, very little bit of water. So I run energy and move through my life very differently than my husband, who is like, like I said, 25 planet, he's all the earth and all the water, tiny bit of air, tiny bit of fire. So I love when I look at a chart to see what is going on in terms of the elements, but Catherine, you're not, you're not about to make me pick a favorite sign. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Favorite house then favorite. Well, as, as a, as a a business, as a business and money mentor, (laughs) I love looking at the 10th house. Oh, 10th house. Oh yeah. What were you going to say? Second house too. Second house is money. Yeah. And they they go deeper than that. And 10th house is, is career. So is that like someone asked like, um, are there, hold on, it has something to do with like entrepreneurial placements. Are there any useful placements for entrepreneurs or something that can kind of predict this person doesn't like to be told what to do and wants to be their own boss. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there, there are for sure. So first something that I teach without spinning off into another like geekery direction, but very simply I teach something called traverses and what oh. these are just, I'll explain this as simply as possible. Cause it's really cool once you grasp it, but what I help people do with traverses is it's actually taking the house rulers a step further, um, which I never really learned house rulers in my studies. So that's why as an Aries astrologer, I'm reading thousands of charts at this point, they're just things I've come to just really see just from using, utilizing the system and seeing what can happen beyond just what traditionally is taught. Mm -hmm. So in the 10th house, which is um, synonymous with, let's say, entrepreneurship, business, career, uh, long-term goals, success, impact that you want to make over a long, long period of time. So basically what you can look at with the traverse is you can look at the zodiac sign or signs that are traversing the house. It has nothing to do with planets. It has Mm. everything to do with the signs that are, I call it traversing because I get this funny thing. And when I teach it, I literally get out of my chair and I walk across the screen because I'm like, I'm traversing your 10th house. So think of if I'm walking across the 10th house, I want to know what Zodiac signs are there and how are they animating that part of my life? So if I have Aries and Taurus, predominantly Aries in the 10th house, that's going to give me some interesting, like archetypal information about how that person relates to their career, their business. Um, And I would say Aries traverse the 10th 
doesn't necessarily mean solely entrepreneurship, but definitely an entrepreneurship type placement only because Aries do not like being told what to do. So they need to be in some kind of leadership. (laughs) She's like, I know you don't have to tell me twice. I have like, what my 10th house, my, yeah, my 10th house has, um, I always forget how to read these things, but it's like, I know my Mars is in the 10th house in Cancer, but also my 10th house crosses Leo. So like, what exactly am I looking at? So your traverses are Cancer and Leo, and that's what animates your 10th house of business. So Cancer is the archetype of the nurturer Mm -hmm. and the, and, and the archetype of Leo is like the performer. Interesting the nurturing performer in your business. <laughs> I am the nurturing. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. I am your nurturing performer today. <laughs> and Leo is about expression. So it's just like shining. It's like, how can I shine bold, big, but the mm. cancer energy is very emotionally attuned and genuinely wants to take care of people at a spiritual and emotional level. That makes so much sense. Okay. Let's um, start to um, pick up the pace just a little bit on some of these questions. I just want to touch a few more. And I know we're already over the hour, which I could talk to you for like a bazillion hours. So we'll probably have part (laughs) two and three and four and 20. Let's do it. Um, Okay. A big question. This is just interesting. I was asking people for questions like that normally don't show up in other podcasts about astrology. Mm-hmm. At least I haven't heard anyone talk about this. Like, can a chart predict your death? That was an interesting question. I've never. Okay. So I'll tell you guys an interesting, very quick story. So again, as that social scientist piece of astro- of being an astrologer is, again, you're not just looking to, so personally, I don't do predictive astrology, but there are definitely movements and what would be the word combinations where you could explore how something could mean something specific. So that's like my very <laughs> political answer. So here's the thing. When one of, when my best friend's father passed, I actually, and she did this willingly because she's very into astrology. So basically we were on the phone and she was like, would you be willing to look at his, um, making a chart of the moment he passed? Cause I know when he passed and I was like, okay, let's look. And there was a very, very interesting synthesis of, um, Chiron and, his 12th house and the part of fortune. But here's the thing or something like that. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what was interesting is again, you don't want number 1. I hate to break it to everybody, but we're not getting out of here alive and that's just <laughs> for, this is the rules. And in addition to that, there are so many combinations that someone could look at to explore the actual physical passing. I personally I don't I don't want to know, to be honest. And I don't really, right, me neither. I don't think anybody wants to know. I mean, but you know, it's not, but Natalia, my mom, but, she, she, she says she knows at what age she's going to die really? and she keeps repeating it. And I'm like, mom, shut the mom, fuck up. I don't want to know. know. 
Joseph like, Murphy would that. say, stop saying that. Right. And then, and then she's like, no, every psychic I've ever talked to has agreed with me. And I'm like, mom, like, why oh. would you want to know that? And she's like, actually, it gives me so much peace knowing I still have time. And at the same time, I don't have all that much time. And so I need to like live it up a little bit. I, For I me, I don't want to know honor that. I don't want to know either. And here's the thing, like they're like, I've seen this Google. Do you know how there's like typical Googled answers of things? Yeah, and yeah. so many people Google stuff like that. Such like interesting Pluto going across your 12th house. Like, well, I just survived a Pluto going through my 12th house. It transformed my entire relationship to my subconscious and Ooh. physically how I look because Pluto crossing your ascendant, your ascendant is how you physically look. If you see old photos of me, I am a completely oh, different person. So remember wait, that. I want to Pluto- know this. Like, I want to know if this happened to me or will happen, like when this is going to happen. <laughs> it's, it's a, so for Capricorn ascendance, that is, they, I actually found this really cool blog many, many eons ago. And the guy did this whole thing about Capricorn ascendance because we had Pluto cross the ascendant or Pluto going through the 12th. Yeah. Now it's going to be next for the Aquarius ascendance. So depending on where their ascendant degree is, they, they will have Pluto moving through their 12th house. And the powerful thing about Pluto through the 12th is it's very deepening where you have to like go into the soul. You have to pay attention to the subconscious. And then Pluto crossing the ascendant will physically transform how you appear and how you put yourself out to other people. But the thing is, is there's other things in the chart that can do this as well, but maybe nothing as profound and deep and even challenging as, as Pluto. But remember Pluto has rewards. I know. Remember, I never say this to be like, Oh God, like I, our eyes start going, you know, (laughs) glazing over. But the thing is, is that Pluto, remember it has rewards within it. So when we're willing to show up for the process, there's, there's unspeakable magic that comes from it, which my life is a (laughs) a testament of that. What is, you said part of fortune. And I remember looking into this um, many different times, kind of reading it and it just, nothing really stuck from it, but I keep hearing it. What is part of fortune? So the part of fortune is actually, it's not a planet. It's a mathematical equation, essentially based on your sun, moon, and rising. And if you have a day chart or night chart, so don't ask me how to calculate it. I have no idea. There's a calculator. But... I'm doing it right now, you guys. You can just yeah. Google part of fortune calculator. Exactly. So it's basically a calculation. It brings together your sun, your moon, your ascendant, and then has a specific calculation based on if you're a night chart or a day chart. And then it'll give you your part of fortune placement. I'm, in, I'm fortune... in Pisces. Nice. What what house? Uh, Hold on. How can I tell? I don't think it's telling me where's where's Pisces in your chart where is Pisces? good good question hold on I feel like I'm pulling up so many windows and tabs right now and apps hold on welcome to my life like Pisces. especially anytime I'm talking about or researching astrology it's like all the tabs are open wait what does Pisces look like again because I don't have any planets in there I don't see on the so list Pisces but- is like the like look at my fingers really quick it looks like this like, and then there's the line in between. It's the yeah. two fishes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I see it crossing this. Oh, yeah. Never mind. I have something in Pisces, I think. Um, fifth. And oh, because it's part of fortune in here. Duh. Um, so fifth and sixth house. So it's mostly in the fifth, a little bit in the sixth. 
There we go. So is your part of fortune in the fifth? Uh, yeah. Okay. So is mine, interestingly enough. It's in Gemini, but part of for- wherever the part of fortune is, that can be where you have a specific talent. Um, the part of fortune, I love it. I mean, it's fun. It's kind of like a unique octave of Jupiter or Venus. It's kind of just like a, as the first astrologer put it that I ever learned from, he's like kind of like extra tokens for the arcade. There's kind of like a fun, not a fun quality, but just sort of like a super Mario boost quality and to that area of your life. So for you, your part of fortune is in the archetype of the spiritualist creative in the area of creativity, inner child, self-expression. Okay. So that's where I hold my talents. You said it can be a place that you have a gift or a special talent that you can activate. It's also can be known as like a prosperity placement too. So when you tap it, you can <laughs> create prosperity. Well, talking about money, you guys, like there's another placement right there for you. Okay. I have one last question, I okay. think, and we'll wrap this up <laughs> here, even though, like I said, we I've had going. so much fun. We both said before we even came on, we were going to have a blast. So I'm just loving this. Yeah. I always set an intention for podcasts and this specific one. I'm like, we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun and educate people. That's what we're going to do. Um, and by we, I mean, Natalia, of course, but I'm just, I'm just squeezing the fun out of her. It's a team effort. <laughs> what if you were born? So my mom is kind of obsessed with this one and mm-hmm. she's constantly trying to research this. Mm-hmm. Um, what if you were born during a retrograde, which my son was born during like three or three or four of them that passed mm-hmm. in August of 2022. Yeah. So like, what does that mean? It's actually quite typical because from my understanding, most of the outer planets, they retrograde every year. So Mercury is closest to the sun. The sun represents our consciousness. So we are much more aware of Mercury retrograde because again, closest planet, or I know Venus is closest to the sun, but Mercury is very, very close. So we are often very aware of that, which is going on near the sun because of you know, whatever our, that's the sun represents our basic consciousness, but here's the thing. Planetary retrogrades are they're They're typical and common. So it's often that someone is going to have a retrograde in their chart. Now in terms of like, let's just look at it more like esoterically, the way that I see a retrograde planet in the chart, like a natal retrograde is two ways. First, I see it as something that is undone that you are maybe that you left from another lifetime or something that isn't extremely animated in your personality that you have to work a little harder to either bring to fruition or to animate Um, the idea of like the more esoteric perspective that a certain planetary placement can represent something that it's almost like Saturn can represent this in the chart. Like basically Saturn, let me see if I can put this really straightforward, but the idea of Saturn is this is an area of your life or your soul's maturity that you haven't really aced yet. So wherever Saturn is placed, it has that quality of something that you have from a multi-lifetime perspective, you haven't really figured out just yet. And retrograde planets, in in my opinion, kind of take on the same kind of energy where it's not as 
robust or pronounced as Saturn placement. But if you have a retrograde in the chart, it can be something that isn't as animated in your, in your personality. That's a little more internal facing and you have to work to bring it out and, or depending on what you're into, um, it can also be, you know, something that you just haven't really figured that you kind of left undone from another incarnation. And it's important for you to explore it and so cool work with it. Yeah. And look, I, I have Neptune in the 12th house. Like everything to me is like past lives. <laughs> I'm like, can we just, I just, and, and that's really how I also view astrology is really from yeah. that soul yeah. and like multi-lifetime perspective. I just I find it so fascinating. I kid you not. I had a rapid resolution therapy session before this podcast and I was working through a fear that I had um, that started when I first got pregnant and it comes from like being hypervigilant, protective, like, oh my God, something bad's going to happen to my family. I got to protect, protect, protect. Mm -hmm. So um, Dr. John Connolly, he cleared it for me and it was hilarious because the most impactful clearings that I've had, he's had me go to past lives Mm -hmm. and realize that ultimately nothing bad actually happened because it's not this lifetime in which is it's like the end all be all like this lifetime is everything it's actually like my shaman says don javier he says every lifetime is so tiny and short and just a little blip that you would be amazed by like all these things you make so important and of course it is at the same time so important that you enter a lifetime you live your purpose you learn the lessons that you are you come here to learn you you know fix whatever happened in the past life and not in like the scary karmic way because I think people get stuck in like oh my god the reason why I'm experiencing debt or experiencing a broken marriage or a broken childhood or broken family is because of this bad thing that I did in the past life I don't think it works that way I don't see it that way but like there are some elements where it's like maybe like exactly like how I how I held on to this fear coming from a past life he made me realize like it really is not that big of a deal and it's not your journey for this lifetime but your soul kind of mixed up the 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 old journey with the new journey and oh my god I'm telling you whenever he takes me to a past life it's like I know the transformation is going to be guaranteed and like the way that I feel now versus this morning that fear is completely gone so I love that you address past lives because anyone who has not gotten into past lives yet I urge you to um, somehow so doing like a past life regression or just reading up uh, up on it because it brings such an element of peace and understanding that I think that only focusing on like what's wrong with me in this lifetime or I don't did something bad or like there's something off or or whatever there's like an a, a fear especially like fears that don't make any sense typically are from past lives like if you can't connect 100%. it to anything that happened you want to go to the past life and working with some sort of expert there's like a zillion modalities and I never say like this is the ultimate way um but there you know whatever modality works for you if you can like go and sort that out in a past life I'm telling you the the transformation is amazing I'll tell you something so fast because I got to give a a shout out to Leo Max. He is a like 25, I'm just kidding, but he has every planet in Scorpio. He's actually one of my healers. He's a a hypnotherapist that I work with, a dear friend. And I did a session with him where, I mean, he does like deep, like four, like Scorpio style, like freaking four hours hypnosis (laughs) sessions, like not, not fucking around. And in this session, I won't go into the details, but it was insane what we uncovered and what was nodded in my sacral. And the, at the end of that life, I was saying, 
the women weren't protected. The women weren't protected. I kept saying it over and over. And I was like, I have to protect the women. It, it almost yeah. makes me cry because it was almost like what I brought into this life, some things that happened when I was younger and just keeping with that commitment of how can I help protect and heal women? Like, yeah. of course, all beings, but I, I find that women are typically drawn to my work. And when he helped me see that, I was just like, I mean, it, it's, it was confirmation. Profound. profound. Yeah. yeah. And it was, yeah. it was healing, very healing. I love past life, everything. Yeah. Many yeah. lives, many masters and journey of souls were the two books that mm. really just got me like, just not even like it was teaching me anything new. It just helped me remember what For I For the most knew. part, it's like nothing's yeah. teaching us new. We're just exactly. remembering. It's just like remembering. <laughs> so like manifestation. Beautiful. There's absolutely no part of me that is learning anything new. It's all remembering. <laughs> it's all coming from just, just like even logically, like no information is new. It's constantly yeah. being circulated and recycled and seen through new perspectives. That's what we can bring. Yeah. Uniquely, we can bring in new perspectives, but everything is coming from some other source beyond, beyond anything you can imagine. So like having your ego in check when it comes to that, I think is equally as important as okay. also owning that your own perspective is what makes your work so unique and so valuable to the world. Um, Natalia, this has been an amazing conversation. Like I knew, I knew we'd had fun. I knew that like you would just give such incredible insight to astrology and all these amazing questions for anyone who does not yet follow you or is into your work. Can you kind of share like where people can find you and follow you um, and enroll in all your goodies that you have available for people? I mean, babe, I just want to say thank you. I had a moment. At, I have a Venus in Pisces, so I'm I'm quite empathetic and sensitive, but it's so sweet. I remembered one time I was in my bathtub at my old place in LA listening to your podcast. And I just remember being like, you know what? One day I'm going to meet Catherine and one day <laughs> maybe even I'll even get to be on her show. Like I just have like Aww. adored you and just really admired you for so long. So this is, I just feel so honored that you gave me this opportunity. I feel like I manifested it from a bathtub. So (laughs) that's amazing. Thank you, babe. Thank you so much. So basically I'm very, very active on Instagram. It's just at Natalia underscore Benson. And then my website is just nataliabenson.com and all the, all the goods are on there. There's lots of fun stuff on the site. And of course we'll put that in the show notes and this this wasn't directly on your Instagram. It was on Gala's Instagram, but I'll never forget <laughs> her posting, like speaking of Instagram and you being active. I know that you're so social and you love conversing with people. And that's like yeah. what I love about you. But just to like take this to the edge, like Natalia <laughs> was caught on video talking to the cement truck driver in, in LA tra- or New York, in New York yeah. traffic and you're just straight up having a, an entire conversation like guys imagine like you're at a red light <laughs> like most people don't just roll down the window and especially like a cement truck driver like you know like the differences between the levels you know oh you ha- really have to like look up at him to have a whole blown conversation but it's happening and tr- I died I was like this is he so was Italia. so awesome I'm I had so much Gemini that's quality of just sociability and he just had the I love being in New York I talked to everybody New Yorkers 
they let, they're used to being around people all the time. They're just like, let's they chat. Are. Like if you're yeah. open. And so, yeah, the cement truck driver, I was like, do you have to go to school for that? Like, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> he was just, he was amazing. What well, I, I didn't oh even get his God. name, but we had such a special, just two souls just having a great moment. It was so amazing. I just love <laughs> you so much. Oh my God. Okay. Go follow Natalia. Go check out her website. Guys. With that being said, thank you so much for being here, thank sharing you. your wisdom, your energy, your grace, your presence just oh, it was so this much fun amazing. I knew wow. it'd be fun and with that being <laughs> said I will catch the rest of you in the next episode Mwah. bye thank you so much for tuning into today's episode if you absolutely loved what you heard today be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way if you aren't already following me on social media come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at manifestation babe or visiting my website at manifestationbabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.